Hi, it's Jazz, and welcome back to another episode of Unfocus. Today, we are going to be exploring the last person of this series, which is person. Uh, You've been hearing about them all of the episodes, but also, can we just take a moment? This is the last episode of the season, y'all. A lot of y'all have been rocking with me since day one, and we have made it all the way to the end. Do not stress, do not stress. Um, There will definitely be a season two, you know, because I've been writing, and this is like a lot of, this has been the groundwork for my work, for my pilot that I've talked about in some of the previous uh, episodes. So yeah, I'm writing a pilot. This was kind of the foundation of this pilot. This is really just so you all are getting an insight look at what I'm writing about. Uh, I mean, it's not the full picture, but you get the gist of like who the characters are going to be. And mainly this is just for you all to You know, I'm checking in with you every week, letting you all know what it feels like to be 30 and living in this wild world. But yeah, I mean, I am creating work. I'm going to continue to create work. So that's pretty much going to be the basis of the podcast is checking in with you every week, letting you know, talking about different topics and also reading you all some of the work that I have been working on. Speaking of talking about my life, I have to do a follow-up. So I went on a date with the man that I was telling you about that was, he was a uh, words of affirmation kind of person, which again, which is like, fine. Like that's, that's not the reason why I think it is not going to work out. I definitely think that was like, a huge factor but I don't think that's the only reason why it wasn't gonna be popping but long story short I just I think he's honestly obnoxious I don't think he's obnoxious because he's a word of affirmation person I think he's obnoxious because he's obnoxious and he's needy and I don't want to confuse needing words of affirmation with being needy. So I'll give you an example. On my profile, it definitely says, and it explains like, I do not want to work out with you. And people have asked me about this before. Like, I I don't want to work out with my partner. Like, it's not something I want to do. It's something that I like to do on my own. But also my workouts are highly specialized. I do pole dancing and I do Muay Thai. And, and I do some things in between that, like lifting weights and stuff like that. But that's a lot of stuff that I already already do and I'm not going to rearrange my schedule to work out with you. A lot of times and I want to say 95% of the times the people who ask me do not do any of the two activities that I do for my workouts. They want me to go to their gym and work out with them and I'm not so it's either I'm adding a third workout which I'm not going to do because now we're getting into a territory of being unhealthy or I have to quit something that I'm doing to make room to work out with them and I'm not going to do it. Like I'm not going to quit Muay Thai and I'm not going to quit pole dancing and I'm not going to add a third workout. So I'm not going to work out with you. It's not something that I want to do. We can just do it separately. So he knows that like the guy that I was talking to dating because we talked about it and we talked about why I don't do it, which is the reason why I explained to you. Tell me why. Tell me why. We talked about this on our first date. So 
on our second date, he comes and he's like, so I joined boxing and then at some point we can go down to the muscle beach and you can do your stuff there and I can work out there and we can work out together. I don't want to work out with you. I like, I've already also explained how I like it to be for me, my peace, my mind, my mental health. And then you, you want to, you want to work out your, that's needy. That's needy. Like, I cannot be with someone who wants to do every single thing with me. I also don't think that's healthy that someone wants to do every single thing with you. Am I wild? Am I like, and this is why I'm single. I just think there are some things that you should be doing alone. There's, there's, it's okay for you to have your individual hobbies and you all don't have to come together and do things. The other thing is, I want to say he low key pulled a billy on me. Okay. We was in the car. Let me tell you, we was in the car and we were driving and well, I mean, he was driving and this man who happened to be a black man, I don't know if I see, I don't know if he would have made this voice, whether this man was black, white, whatever, I don't know. But for the sake, I'm letting you know the man was black. And so the man was black and he jaywalked. And he did, I don't even know the voice. I don't, I'm gonna try to attempt the voice, but like he did this voice to characterize him, and I felt like it was a pretty black caricature voice he was like yo man i crossed the street i got like i don't even know what he said but it was like and it's like something that i've heard in like black exploitation type of film it's the the cadence of it is something that i've heard before in those types of films so it really was like are you Oh no, it rubbed me the wrong way. And something that my therapist always says is trust your instincts. If it doesn't feel right, then it's not right. And so I just, I, I think it's not right. And I think this man has some codependency things. And I think another way he tries to get women or keep women is throwing things at them like he's like let's go on this trip let's plan these things let's do these extravagant things let me like pay for all of these things and a lot of these things are nice and they're easy to mistake because you're like yeah I'm a queen you should pay for these things yeah I'm a queen like you shouldn't want to take me on these trips but I don't know so soon in the relationship in the sense of like at this point, he was planning or talking about some of these things on our first date. You don't know who I am. You don't know if I'm a good person, a bad person. And I get it. You're going on a trip so this person can learn these things about you. But you don't go on a trip to learn these things about someone. I mean, some of these things will come out even more because just the way people travel. But like, you learn these things by going on dates and then I feel like after a few dates or whenever you feel like it is acceptable for you all to put some type of label or whatever on your relationship, then you guys can start going on trips. But maybe that's just me. I know relationships are is different for everyone. I know people who have met someone, moved in with them a month later and 
they have stayed together forever. I've known people who have waited years to move in with someone and months to date someone and it doesn't work. So I, I get it. Like there are obviously exceptions to the rules and stuff. But I think for me, only speaking to me, I don't personally find it healthy for someone to be planning out um, extravagant trips and know nothing about me. Doesn't know my sibling's name, doesn't know my last name, um, barely knows my job. And let me get into that. That was another thing that was really fucking annoying me. I, I get porn. I understand it. I understand like the fantasy of being with a hot professor, but like, that's my whole motherfucking job. I can't stand when I've told you like, let me backtrack. So, he asked me what I do. I said I was a professor. He was like, oh, if I was your student, I would have asked to come to your office hours. I would have whatever. Which is like, being in the car right now because we've matched on Tinder, that sounds hot. Now, take that away. I was like, as my student, not knowing you, we did not match on any type of dating apps and you're coming into my office hours to flirt with me. That is harassment. That doesn't, that's not like sexy to me. Or he had said something like, well, what if I can come and sit in on your job? No, this is my whole fucking job. This is my whole fucking career. Like, this is how I pay my bills. This isn't your fucking fantasy. I don't know why. And it's not just him. And it's not a handful. I want to say it's damn near almost every single man that I meet. When I tell them that I'm a professor, the next thing out of their mouth is, Either can I sit in your class? Can I come to your office hours? I would have came to your office hours. So you would have fucking harassed me is what you're saying. Like, you know, you're not, I, I, I don't know. I may be like saying it out loud. I'm a prude and it's like, they're just trying to flirt with you. And I, and I get it. But then no one ever does that to a man. Say this man was a doctor. No one's like, I'm going to come to your job and pretend that I'm sick. No, that's fucking crazy. You sound crazy. Like, you're going to go to someone's fucking job while they're working to do what? It's the same when, like, guys are like, when I'm like, I'm at work. And they're like, well, go to the bathroom and take a photo. I'm not leaving my fucking job to, like take a photo for you leave you know and and that's honestly how I think about it and maybe my mind is too literal which made me go down a motherfucking rabbit hole and the only reason I went down this rabbit hole is because my sister had posted this question which is ironic that all of this is happening and unfolding but she had posted this question essentially that was like what makes a man feel emasculated and I was too impatient to wait so I googled it um and there's many different articles and some of it you know makes sense but I came across this one and I'm not gonna read you every single one because some of them are legitimate which would make anyone feel emasculated um but some of them are absolutely insane uh I did I should have wrote down my tops but I'll just I'll just tell you a few so one of them was when my partner doesn't appreciate my cooking that makes you feel emasculated. What if you don't cook well? Like, I have had men who have cooked for me and 
it has been trash. I haven't told them it was trash, but I definitely did not go back for seconds. And I probably didn't finish my full plate. But like, if you can't cook, you can't cook. That shouldn't make you feel emasculated. Uh, going out to eat by myself. First off, there's it's Postmates. So you don't really have to go out and eat by yourself. Like you can just order that shit to go and then like come home. But also... I don't know. I've eaten by myself. It's fine. If I'm fucking hungry and I want it and they don't do takeout or whatever, then you're not about to rain on my parade. But I love I love food. I am definitely a foodie. I'm going to skip a lot of these because they're, uh, I mean, some of them are legit. Some of them are not. Being around shredded guys. Okay, so I had an ex that had this fucking issue. And this is one of, I I was like, did my ex, like, write these? Are are these his insecurities? But, because a lot of them were some of the issues that we had in our relationship. The thing is, being around shredded guys, let's just say for the sake of argument, and I get body dysmorphia is real and that's a whole different conversation. But, like, being around shredded guys and let's just say I'm assuming that you are not shredded yourself if if I'm with you then I clearly love your body once again and I'm leaving out if we're talking I mean it's like you can't leave it out but we could be here all day if I bring that into the conversation if we're just talking about an insecurity right like I if I wanted to be with someone who is shredded, I would be with someone who is shredded. But I'm choosing or to be with you, and I knew what your body looked like before. Or maybe they got out of shape. If I'm still with you, I mean, like, I'm rocking with you. I'm only talking about myself. I'm only talking about one situation, too. And that's why I'm leaving out the whole, like, um, body dysmorphia. I wish, like, I could go deeper into... It, but we would I literally would be here all day. So I, I, I just, I don't really understand that. And then there's like another one that's like when she's able to open the jar and I can't. I mean, like maybe your girl is stronger than you. Maybe she lifts weights. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to feel some of these were just like, so these are things like I have to consider now. I have to consider being strong. Then I can't. I cannot be in a relationship in 2022 if these are the things that are making men feel emasculated maybe we need to be talking about that and and helping maybe that's something that we need to be talking about in school about like women can also be strong and women can also write do things and it like I'm getting off on a tangent. I feel like I got real personal and I started thinking about my ex and I was about to start saying shit that I don't need to say. So let me just cut it here (laughs) before I start naming names and and telling stories that I don't need to be telling on a podcast. That's why you heard the pause because I was really contemplating. My brain split. My half my brain was like, do it, bitch, be messy. Tell it all. Tell your story. And the other half of me was like, this is not what we do. We are not about to blast people out on the internet. You need to to get it together. I was having a cognitive dissonant like moment. So let me cut it here. I know... We are ready to get into the story. This top half has been long enough. So, as always, the title of the series is called 
We are civilians and time is an illusion being watched. Support group. Person is very optimistic but carries a lot of fears. They started this group because they felt it could help others heal and heal themselves. Person knows it's working. Person believes in people and the power to overcome. If believing in people is wrong, then person doesn't want to be right. Hey, I'm Person. I just want to thank everyone for coming out to the We're Civilians and Time is an Illusion being watched support group. It means a lot to me. I honestly didn't think anyone would show. Before I get into my story, I guess I just want to say I'm scared too. It's hard to feel safe or brave when your world is literally going up in flames. Just as person said that, an explosion from an unknown fight occurs. I think the support group is working though. And I think it's going to be okay. Because we have each other now and that's how support works. Right? The building shakes. My story is not unique. But I'll tell it anyways. It was Friday and I was downtown smoking weed and people watching. It relaxes me to be able to watch the world. You'd be amazed what people will do when they think that they are not being watched. (laughs) So as I'm watching people and I'm catching some much needed vitamin D, an alien ship comes hovering down. I I knew what was up. This was not my first alien attack. I knew to stay calm. I also knew that getting out of the city would be impossible. They're screaming in the background. I remember car parts were flying everywhere. I watched a few people get decapitated. Vehicles were crashing into literal things. And I watched a herd of people trample each other to get to the nearest bridge, which, by the way, was destroyed. Another explosion. According to the How to Survive an Alien Attack PSA by the Avengers, my best chances of surviving was to hide inside the city. So, a few of us ran into nearby buildings. We had to seek cover ASAP. I know, I know, I know. There is never a way to ensure we would all be safe, but the PSA couldn't have been more wrong. Dr. Strange sent out a blast so powerful that the glass shards killed four people instantly. I mean, I was severely cut up myself. I had to get 24 stitches and antibiotics. The building behind our building collapsed, killing everyone inside. It was terrifying. And yet... I don't know any of the names of the people that died that day. Do you? Not one news station covered the deaths from that attack or the blast. I know, I know, I know. The news can't cover that many names, but it doesn't seem fair that we die unnoticed. The building shakes. Person closes their eyes. I've seen people die before. I've 
seen this before. Person goes back to the day. But there was something about that day. That day was uh, different. I remember a child, they were holding their doll and wondering, asking, everything was going to be okay. And for the first time ever, I was unsure. Usually in a situation like this, I would have answered yes. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what to say. They died. They were one of the four. And the funny thing is, <laughs> I don't even know what their name is. And they left this world scared. And all I had to do was say, Yes, all I had to do was lie and say, yes, it's going to be okay. The city noise dies down. I drank for months. I was angry, frustrated, sad. It hardened me. Until I heard all of your stories and it made me feel again. I'm not sure if there will ever be any justice for us. You know, no one seems to care what happens to the citizens of this city, but a lot of voices are greater than one, and I think we can really make a difference if we spread the word out about this group. I just... I just want you to know that I didn't start this group to change the world. I started it to heal. But maybe healing changes the world. For the second time in their lives, person was unsure. All I know is I want to be able to walk outside without being afraid. I want to love without fearing loss. I want to laugh because I'm happy. I've lost too many people I love to this chaos and I guess I'm just sick and tired of being exhausted. Dolly Parton once said something like, if you want a rainbow, you have to suffer some rain. Well, it's been raining all my life. You know, for the first time, I see light. That's it! We did it! Thank you for listening to We're Civilians and Time is an Illusion Being Watched Support Group Episode 7. It, it's it's done y'all we made it all the way to episode seven this one really fucking got me i think it got me for two reasons one i wrote this one a lot more serious than the other ones you know i wouldn't be a true forensicator if there wasn't an 8 30 moment y'all thought it was just gonna be funny throughout the whole thing <laughs> wrong second uh 
it's the end. It's the end of the season. I don't know why I'm so emotional. Like I'm acting like there's not going to be a season two, but I think it was, this was hard for me. I think somewhere in episode five and six, I was over it. I was like, nobody gives a fuck when five just don't even finish. I'm not uh, like, and so it, it means a lot to be able to make it towards the end. And I think that is just what happens when I was, I've been waiting for this moment anyways. And when I'm saying like, um, in a manic episode, I talked a little bit about being bipolar, right? You're up and whatever. At some point, what comes up goes down. And so I think I'm in like coming down, but I'm aware of it. So that should help me a lot more than not knowing and then just being or just suffering from depression. So. I'm good though. I am. I promise y'all. I am. I'm just saying this is just what happens. It's a natural occurrence and then I'll be leveled out. But I have to go through it because I've spent so much of my energy being up and it's unfair. I just don't know why the universe just won't let me have it. Um, Because I I become very like productive when I'm manic. But like that's that's fucking toxic. I shouldn't. But it's the truth. Anyway, so we made it to episode seven. And I I love person. It's so funny because at first I wasn't going to have person say anything. And it was going to really kind of end in episode six originally. Before I even started the podcast. Before, like, I think person's line was probably a sentence when I sent it out to my friends. But then as I started to do the podcast, I realized it wouldn't make much sense since I have been setting person up all season. And also, I've been saying that there's seven people in a group and then we only hear six stories. So I almost had no choice but to write person's story, but I'm so happy that I did. And I think person's story was the collective, like the voice, the, the hurt voice of all of those civilians. Because really think about it. And this is like the premise of the show, my pilot. It's like, imagine if you lived in a world where at any fucking point, an alien or even a superhero could destroy and wreck havoc on your life uh i cannot even imagine the amount of drugs that i would be doing i would be high all the fucking time and then on top of that i just what is that trauma i feel like i'm going back to episode one but i just i needed at some point to pull that hurt out of the character and i think all of the other characters were written around comedy so this is a dark comedy a dramedy uh a drama comedy not a dark comedy sorry i mean it is a dark comedy but it's a dramedy so i needed the drama and this was the moment i probably should have pulled it a little earlier had some what's more serious to give this podcast some levels but you live and you learn and you do your thing and this is what i have written and I also wasn't writing this in a fact to one, be published, to do any, like this is literally the foundation of my pilot and the pilot is the real work. Uh, not like this wasn't real work. This was definitely work. But like I said, it's it's the pilot that's the driving force there. But I hope you all 
enjoyed this. I hope that you all will be rocking with me in season two. It is going to change a little bit more. I mean, it's just really going to be me talking about my life week to week. And at some point, I will give you some of the work that I'm working on, whether that is my pilot in parts. I don't know how I'm going to do that because it's multiple characters. Or if it's, you know, more of this. I definitely have more stories to tell and it, it's exciting. I, like I said, I love writing. This has helped me. This has been therapeutic. I love sharing my work with you, whether y'all are rocking with it. I mean, obviously you're rocking with it if you're listening to this. Uh, but I know it's weird. I know what this is. I know this is, <laughs> and I, I thank you all for going on this wild ride with me and I hope to see you all in season two. Bye, y'all.